Here's what's coming up on today's show. It's another one of those things where there's smoke, there's fire, and you know. Right. Right. You know funny business happened here, but you can't prove it. Do you know what will happen to your loved ones when something happens to you? If you don't know the answer or don't like the answer, then this is the show for you. Listen up as we teach you about protecting your family legacy through better estate planning. Our family is here to protect yours. So welcome to the Complete Estate Planning Podcast with attorney Nick Rosenbauer. And here's your host, Ben George. Welcome in to Complete Estate Planning. I'm Ben George. He's Nick Rosenbauer, estate planning attorney over at Rosenbauer Law Office. And we got a good show for you today. Talking about attacking a vulnerable estate plan, how to challenge it if you think there's reasons to do so. So should be a good episode, Nick. I, this is definitely not something we've touched on before. I know we've kind of done a, you know, we build a state plan that's strong and, and meets your needs, but never had to deal with actually challenging one. Well, uh, exactly. And it's basically like we're switching from a, like a defensive coordinator, if you will, yeah. to uh, an offensive coordinator. So it, yeah, we're going to look at some things, kind of the analogy that I like to use is if there's holes uh, in the bucket uh, and how to and how to go after inconsistencies. And we'll talk about, I'm not doing this from a standpoint of, you know, let's just sue everyone and, and be the stereotypical lawyer. But there are some things, and I think mostly what we'll talk about is if there is an issue with the plan and maybe something wasn't done, something do- wasn't done right, or frankly, if someone is someone's being taken advantage of and maybe there's some funny business going on. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk about that because those sorts of things happen. Um, and I get, frankly, Ben, I get questions all the time from clients who say, you know, my parent or my sibling or someone in my family you know, there was a shady operator or someone whisked them off to get to, to get the will changed or to get something done and, you know, and someone didn't even know what was going on or they were threatening her. So, um, you know, when we do this from, you know, a, when I say vulnerable estate plan, I don't necessarily mean one that's a piece of junk, although that certainly applies. There's plenty of things here that the intentions were good, but they just did a crummy job of it. Um, so I do want our listeners to know we're talking about this more from a standpoint of something's wrong and this is not legitimate or not on the up and up. Okay. Sounds very good. So we're going offense today. I guess that makes you the Joe Burrow of this show then, potentially. Oh, geez. Maybe. Jeez. I don't know. Well, uh, <laughs> no, 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 He's I love Joe Burrow, but I'm still going on the record. Bengals Uh-oh. should not have drafted him. Sticking to it, even despite a Super Bowl. Last year, okay. We're not gonna go down that road, Nick. We we get we can open that that can of worms and, and spend a lot of time breaking down the Bengals. But uh, maybe we'll do that when when football season rolls back around. Uh, if you haven't joined us before, thanks for for being here. We appreciate all the feedback we've gotten. You have we've none of Nick's gotten a bunch of questions. We're actually gonna do a mailbag episode coming up uh, to feature some of the questions we've gotten in. But if you ever have anything on your mind or just want to get in touch with Nick to set up your estate plan, you can go to CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. There's a big orange button there. You can click that. And you can set up that call with Nick right away. Uh, if you prefer to, fo- to use the phone, call him that way. You can also do that at 513-463-6789. But we do appreciate everyone that has been in contact with Nick uh, thanks to the podcast. Um, all right, so let's jump into this, Nick, a little bit and talk about this vulnerable estate plan. Now, when when you said this over, my first reaction was, is this something we're doing when the person with the estate plan is still alive? Or is this something that takes place after they have died? Or is it 
both scenarios? Well, um, it's a great question. And depending on the reason uh, that we're that we're basically raising our eyebrow or we're throwing a penalty flag, so to speak, to use the uh, football analogy, uh, it could be either scenario. Okay, so we'll talk about a couple things. First, as far as the reason to consider this or why would someone in their right mind do this uh, while uh, the person, let's just say mom or dad, is still alive, the big, uh, the big thing to look at while someone is still alive um, is two things. One, if you're looking at this saying, you know, if mom or dad passes away, when that happens this estate plan is, you know, it's not done right, it's not complete, it's not signed, it's wrong, you know, some junk from LegalZoom, what have you. Um, we're not really talking about a challenge at that point. That is more of a, holy cow, this playbook is all messed up. We need to get it fixed and buttoned up right uh, before something happens. Okay, so that's something that I talk to people about similar to this, but not in the exact same scenario. So that wouldn't be a challenge, but that's more of a, we need to get this fixed. Now, a reason to attack or challenge uh, while alive mostly would be if someone who was given a job to do, so most likely uh, maybe one of the kids or a family member is a power of attorney or serving as a trustee, so someone else is managing something for mom or dad while they're still alive and they're not doing it properly, okay? So they're not following instructions. They're not doing what they're supposed to do. Heck, what if they're stealing money? Okay, so Ben, what if your older brother is power of attorney for mom and you know that he's buying his own groceries, you know, with mom's credit card and he's paying yeah. his own credit card bill and, you know, he's using mom's credit card to buy a vacation, uh, for himself. Uh, so that would be, you know, the scenario to go after or go on the offensive while someone is alive. Um, the more traditional uh, reasons here uh, going to after someone passes away, um, if there's a plan in place, you know, let's say someone was pressured into signing it or unduly influenced. That's the uh, ben, that's the legal term here, undue influence. Um, let's say someone wasn't in their right mind. Um, they didn't understand what they were doing or, or maybe, you know, someone changed, mom changed the will last minute, Ben, maybe cut you out and you're sitting here saying, mom didn't even know who she was, uh -huh. you know, uh, you know, by the time she signed that. So if she wasn't in their right mind, uh, the legal phrase here is testamentary capacity. So that's the the mental capability necessary um, to sign and execute a legal document. Uh, another one is something got messed up or something got screwed up if the document wasn't properly signed. Um, there are uh, every state uh, has different rules for different documents. Um, so sometimes, they're not signed or they're not signed by the right person or they're not witnessed uh, or notarized the way that they're supposed to. Um, if you want to get really extreme, Ben, maybe there's a forged signature we have to deal with. Okay, so maybe mom never signed at all because your good-for-nothing brother uh, actually did it all himself and now he's trying to, to claim that this is legitimate. So those would be you know, the good reasons, at least to raise your eyebrow, so to speak, that would arouse suspicion after someone passed away. 
Okay. So once you've kind of had the reason to maybe go sit down with uh, an attorney to actually look at this and maybe go after an estate plan, what can you actually attack? Well, you can attack a number of different things. And I will say some of them are easy to attack. Some of them, frankly, been there nearly impossible. Um, so I'll go through, uh, I guess, the layer of difficulty, uh, so to speak. Um, we'll start with the easiest, would be something that's not properly signed or not properly executed. So I know when I'm saying execute a document, I mean, you know, sign and follow the correct procedures uh, to sign it and get it established. So if it's not witnessed, it's pretty easy to see that there are no witnesses. If it's not signed, um, if there's no notary, obviously that's usually the easiest to prove because there's either witness signatures or there aren't. Um, it's pretty clear cut, right? Um, and then I'll say forged signatures can be a little tougher, uh, obviously, to deal with. But overall, if it's not signed or witnessed, it's pretty it's pretty easy to tell. Uh, another one here, Ben, where things can be improper and people maybe don't realize it. Uh, or maybe there's not um, bad intentions, I guess, with it. You could have a situation, Ben, where maybe people witnessed it or notarized it who weren't supposed to. Okay, okay. so the, the, the rule is, um, <clears throat> in most areas, disinterested witnesses. So what do we mean by that? I can't witness a document for someone else where I am given a job uh, or given a benefit, okay? So yeah. I can't witness my wife's power of attorney if she's naming me as the power of attorney. Like, I can't witness or notarize a document where I get a job. Um, I also can't witness or notarize, you know, my wife's will or trust that says everything goes to me or I'm the trustee. So that's, you know, that's a conflict of interest that's self-serving. Um, so, you know, you need to be careful with that because sometimes you'll have people who maybe are in a facility, a nursing home, maybe they're in the hospital, the kids are running around getting the, the legal documents put together, and then they can't bring anyone in, so the kids just witness mom's will right there in the hospital bed. Not proper. Can't do it. Okay, so you have to have, you know, disinterested or, you know, witnesses who don't have any skin in the game, so to speak. Gotcha. So, and even if it's, and that's something, like I said, it's all pretty clear cut, okay? So if Nick Rosenbauer's signature is on Alicia Rosenbauer's power of attorney, well, again, that's, uh, we're going from easiest to prove, I guess, to most difficult to prove. Um, the second one here would be if um, someone else who was acting on behalf of someone was not doing their job or following the rules. So if we have the power of attorney or the trustee or the executor not doing their job, uh, and actually this would apply while they're alive or after they pass away, then what you would do um, in certain scenarios, depending on who you are and what they're doing, um, certain people have rights to information. Okay, So they may have a right to the account statements. They may have a right to see a list uh, of everything um, that has been spent. Uh, they have a right to see where all the money is. Um, they have a right to see what your brother 
Um, and Ben, I don't even know if you have a brother, uh, much less an evil, much less an evil one. I don't have an evil um, one, but I do have a brother. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, tell him I'm sorry. Um, I apologize. Uh, we'll give you a fictitious evil uh, additional brother here. Perfect. You know, so so we may call Ben's fake evil brother. Uh, and say, we demand uh, an accounting. We demand receipts. I want to see account statements and everything from mom's bank account where you were acting on her behalf. I want to see what you did with all of mom's money. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, the bank statements don't really lie, and receipts don't really lie. Now you have to get access to it, um, but you legally have the right to do so. So that, you know, that's something if you see your evil, fictitious brother, um, and you see $1,000 came out of uh, mom's checking account, and you see that it went to pay off his own Visa card, you got him dead to rights. Okay, so the good thing with online banking and bank statements, uh, the uh, the banks don't lie. Next one here, we're starting to get to advanced level, things that are very hard to prove. Uh, The mental capabilities or the mental capacity of someone when they signed, okay, so it doesn't matter what they are now, it matters what state of mind and how their mental uh, capacity was when they signed. Um, the, the legal phrase here, at least in Ohio, is known as testamentary capacity, uh, which what that basically means is um, that is the minimum required, um, I guess, you know, mental state uh, to be able to sign and execute uh, state planning documents. So that relates to a couple different things. They have to have basic understanding of their circumstances, of their surroundings, of the family situation, of their finances, and the consequence of their actions. Now, Ben, you don't need a law degree, okay? You don't need to have that level of an understanding. I need to know when I'm signing a power of attorney that I'm giving you the ability to access my money and theoretically pay my bills. I need to know what's happening. And when I'm doing an inheritance, I don't need to know what I have to the penny. But if I'm saying I want all my money to go to my son, and I say, oh, I have about $100 in my checking account. That's all I have, but I'm worth $5 million. You know, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's, and again, doesn't need to be exact. Um, And then if I say I'm leaving everything to my son, and I say, well, how many kids do you have? And I say, I got, uh, he's my only child, but I have two kids. That's a problem. Okay. Um, And then, of course, the consequences of my actions after I uh, pass away as well. So even if I'm not, even if it's not me giving someone the ability to do something, you know, I need to understand that by signing my will when I die, I'm giving all my money to my oldest kid and I'm cutting out the youngest one. Okay, so okay. that's uh, so that's testamentary capacity. Uh, and like I said, Ben, it doesn't require, it actually doesn't require a very specific or technical or legal knowledge uh, at all. It's just very general, very bare bones. But I have to understand what the heck I'm doing and what I'm causing. Okay. Gotcha. okay. Um, very difficult to prove. It is up to the challenger uh, to prove this, okay? So if I die, or let's say Ben's, we're, we're just going to be really mean to Ben's family. So <laughs> Ben's parents pass away, and Ben's new evil brother uh, shows up with this uh, with this will that says, 
Ben's evil older brother is the executor, and Ben's evil older brother gets everything. And Ben says, no way, I guarantee you that's that's false. Um, when you signed that, mom, mom didn't even know what was going on. She didn't know what day it is, and she didn't remember my name. Well, the burden of proof is on Ben, okay? So uh, the burden of proof is on the challenger. The documents are presumed uh, to be valid, and it is up to you to prove otherwise. Very difficult to do that, obviously, Ben, unless mm-hmm. you have a video of you interviewing mom and asking her these questions while signing it. Right. Okay, that's which that doesn't happen, obviously. Um, you'll have to look for medical records and, you know, I guess kind of hope that you have a a mental health evaluation from, you know, that was dated the day before or recently um, saying that uh, she doesn't have her mental faculties, she doesn't understand what's going on, it's not going to get better. So it's possible, but you see, you basically have to have a smoking gun on that one. Okay, so very tough to do. And Ben, this actually frustrates a lot of people because in their heart of hearts, they know it, right? Like even if you don't have a smoking gun medical evaluation, you know uh, that mom didn't know what was going on at that point. There was no way, but you can't prove it, Mm -hmm. Um, which honestly is a big letdown um, when I have to tell people, hey, I know you probably got ripped off by your evil older brother, but I don't think there's anything you can do about it. Okay. But you can see how that's quite the uphill road to climb. Mm -hmm. And then let's make it even harder, Hmm. right? Uh, We'll go to uh, what is known as undue influence here. Okay. Uh, That is a a legal definition for someone being, you know, pressured or forced to sign or threatened something like that, where mentally they had their faculties about them, but they felt like they didn't have a choice. Um, So that requires a few different things, and all of them have to be true. So first off, the the person signing the document um, has to be a susceptible target, so to speak. Um, So, you know, if you're healthy and independent and everything's okay and you're taking care of yourself— and then I call you up and say, Ben, you better change your will to put me in it or else. Um, and, you know, it's not a threat and you don't care. That doesn't make you very vulnerable or susceptible. So the person has to be vulnerable. There has to be an opportunity uh, for the person to be influenced. Okay. Okay. So if I'm just texting you from across the country, threatening you, there's nothing I can do about it. That's not a real threat. Um, now, where this comes into play is if uh, maybe one parent dies and the other parent can't live on their own, so they move in with one of the kids, okay? And so now mom's living with you, or no, excuse me, mom's living with your evil brother um, in this case. We should give him a name. Uh, maybe we'll do that on the next episode. <laughs> um, but so so Ben's evil brother has said, hey, mom, I know dad's gone. Why don't you come live with me? Um, and then so there's an opportunity then influence has to actually occur. So he has to actually threaten her or coerce her or force her. Like So you actually have to do something about it. So the person has to be vulnerable. There has to be an opportunity uh, for funny business. And then it actually has to happen. So he has to say, Mom, I'm tired of this. 
Um, if you want to live in my house, um, and if you want me to take you home, you sign this. Otherwise, I'll just leave you at the grocery store. Or I'll put all your stuff out on the street. Hmm. You know, some something like that, mm -hmm. um, which obviously this stuff happens behind closed doors. And then also that once the funny business or the threat or the coercion has happened, it actually has to change something. Right, like if, if it was equal shares to everyone in the original plan and all the decision makers were already set and you know he's saying you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this, but she doesn't change anything or she doesn't give him any more money, then it's no harm, no foul. There's no damages, right? Now, if Ben's older evil brother um, makes mom change her will, and the will changes to make him in charge when he wasn't in charge before, and then he gets all the money. Totally different ball game. Okay, yeah. that's undue influence, um, and that's something you know the result of the influence actually changing the outcome. And Ben, you'll notice this is the most difficult to prove. You basically have to catch him in the act, and then it's on you to prove it as well. It's another one of those things where you know where there's smoke, there's fire, and you know. Right. Right. You know, funny business happened here, but you can't prove it. You don't have a tape recording of someone yelling at, you know, yelling at mom or confusing her or threatening her. You don't have anything like that. And you don't have video recording of mom saying, I don't want to leave you all the money. And then him saying, change this and, and leave it all to me anyway. So you basically have to catch him in the act. You have to have a smoking gun on this one. Um, okay. But again, the problem is the burden of proof is on the challenger. Uh, the document is presumed to be valid uh, and on the up and up until you prove otherwise. Okay. Well, some really good information. I guess with all this, Nick, you can just you can work with any attorney to accomplish this. I'm assuming. Um, well, as far as the challenging, you really I, I know we talk about this all the time. You really need to work with a specialist. One right. who knows the ins and outs and the intricate details uh, of the estate planning laws, not just someone who fills in Microsoft Word templates. Right. Um, and then also, you'll actually, Ben, you'll want to talk to someone who uh, has some experience with uh, with dusting it up, with with litigation. You know, potentially threatening or challenging. Uh, or filing a lawsuit maybe to sue someone for a will contest or remove someone as a trustee or a power of attorney. So you basically need an estate planning expert who has uh, who's ready to fight someone and has some courtroom experience. That's a sub-specialty within a specialty. Um, okay. Now, you want to start with an estate planning specialist, and I've done some of this work for people. I'm not a courtroom brawler. I'm too nice, and I believe people are telling me the truth when they talk to me, which makes a really bad litigator, right? That's <laughs> like the worst thing you can do. But I would start with the specialist, and then I would secondarily ask them, hey, if we need to challenge this or litigate, is this something you can do uh, or something that you have someone that could walk alongside me? Okay, so you need someone who specifically can handle this exact subsection of a subsection type of work. Gotcha. And if somebody was thinking about doing this, I guess, would you advise them to sit down with, with someone like yourself first and say, hey, does this make sense to try to pursue? Uh, you know, that's actually a really good question. Um, and I think that's a good first step because understanding the law 
is uh, everything else falls into place after that. So if legally there's nothing we can do, then it doesn't matter uh, how much your attorney's raring for a fight if there's nothing to fight about. Okay. Um, so I, I've done that a lot. So I, I tell people, reach out to me. I've had people do that about plans that maybe their family or loved ones set up, uh, or there's some funny business going on. And we will start with kind of an analysis, right? And say, okay, here's what you could do. Here's what you can't do. Here's holes in the bucket. Here's weaknesses. And here's your probability of success so they can make an informed decision. Okay, very good. Well, if you want to find out more if you want to maybe see if you have something to, to challenge you can always get in touch with nick just log on cincinnatiestateplan.com that is the website you'll see a big orange button there on the front to set up a consultation you can schedule a call with nick right now by uh, going through the website if you want to call him too you can do that as well it's 513-463-6789 and every podcast is up online as well so if you want to go back and there's something specific that you want information on you can probably find it in the catalog of podcasts we've already rolled out so far but we do appreciate you listening nick we're going to tackle some questions next time up so encourage anyone that has thoughts or uh or curious about anything send it in to us and uh, we'll try to bring it on the show yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I will say that. So to all of our listeners who send uh, questions, I know we're not able to get to all of them, but uh, it does give us some information, does give us some feedback uh, and let us know what uh, what you guys find important and also what uh, what you think's boring and, and maybe don't really care about, um, which is why I don't get a lot of tax questions. <laughs> so maybe <laughs> maybe that's uh, some feedback we should take to heart. But, Fair uh, enough. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for listening to Complete Estate Planning for Nick Rosenbauer over at Rosenbauer Law Office. I am Ben George. We'll talk to you next time. The Complete Estate Planning Podcast is brought to you by the Rosenbauer Law Office based in Westchester, Ohio and serving the entire Cincinnati area. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Complete Estate Planning with Nick Rosenbauer to find us or visit CincinnatiEstatePlan.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Nick, and to learn more about protecting your family legacy. That's CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. This show is for informational purposes only and does not provide any legal advice. Information on this show may not constitute the most up-to-date legal information. Please do not act or refrain from acting based solely on anything you hear on this show. This show does not form any attorney-client relationship with the Rosenbauer Law Office, LLC. Please seek the counsel of a qualified attorney before addressing your own estate planning needs.